Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach, passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so he can work through you. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to take a few minutes to share my heart today. So lately, I have just been seeing, I say lately, as in like the past multiple months, um, I've just been noticing how many women are stuck in trying to figure out what they should do with their business. They are so worried about not choosing correctly because they need and want this to work. Like I get it. I've been there. But I realized when I'm listening to different people talk about this, the reason my heart is just like pours out to them is um I've been there like I was there for so long. And the reason I was stuck there for so long is because I wasn't really trusting God. Because in that place of desperation, when you feel like you have to figure this out, like yesterday, it can be so easy to stop really hearing what God is telling you to keep walking in faith and trusting him. I know for me, I literally for years mold over and mold over and I can literally look in my journals because I'm a journaler. I would journal, I journaled the whole thing, the whole journey from the time I quit my job until now, I still journal. And I literally have been writing the same thing the whole time. It was always, God was always causing me, calling me and causing, calling me to serve women who felt called to leave and to be home and to follow him and those who were stuck and scared and worried. And and I didn't quite know what to call it early on. So I mean, I, my path is my path. But I'm just saying it just like that insight into seeing like God told me all along, but I was too scared to trust that which is really unfortunate. And so every Easter, you know, this this I'm recording this on Good Friday, but this is Easter weekend. I love reflecting on the amazing gift that we have in Jesus. Yes, it's, um, you know, we call it Good Friday for a reason, but it's sad to think about what Jesus went through, but it's amazing as well. Like uh, such an amazing gift. The love that God showed us through that act is just beyond my understanding and comprehension. And when we think about what he did, not only do we have eternal salvation from that, but we have freedom. He brings healing and value to our lives. We now have access to God himself through the Holy Spirit. Like that to me is I feel like one of the most under um, talked about gifts like the, the, the it's huge. 
all through the Old Testament, they had to speak to God through those who were anointed through a prophet or um, like a priest, but for the most part, and like they couldn't, I mean, imagine not being able to just hear God for themselves. And so we have that though. He is with us. Him being in us as Christians means that now we cannot, um, you know, other evil spirits are not going to come in for the longest time. They had that freedom to do that because there was nothing else there. And it's just such a gift. And the Holy Spirit gives us this connection to talk to God himself, to ask, and he will tell us, he will be that comforter. He will direct us and lead us. So I just want to tell you today that you don't have to figure it all out on your own. Like we get in this place of thinking, I need to figure it out, but you don't have to figure it all out on your own. God has told you, or he will tell you, he wants to tell you, but like where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do next. But our own fears and doubts get in the way. And that's what I want to help you with as a coach. These breakthrough sessions that I offer, these single one-on-one coaching sessions, they amaze me every time because the goal of this call is to pull out the truth from all the noise going through your mind. It's so hard to hear God and make a decision on what you want to do next or what you should do next in your business. If you're feeling like you're being pulled in all these different directions, you're trying to pick the right way, but you don't really know which is the right way, et cetera, et cetera. But God does know. God knows all things. He knows the way you should go for where he's leading you. So imagine not having to waver back and forth on this decision anymore, but knowing that where God is leading you, that God is leading the way and what you should do. That is what happens at the end of these sessions. Every single time the person coming on the other side goes, oh my goodness, it's so clear. Like I know exactly what I need to do. It doesn't mean there won't be fear at all. There may still be fear and it doesn't mean it'll be easy, but you will have the certainty that it's the way you need to go next. It's the next step. And that is huge for your peace. You're not worried about it. You have to trust God and you got to walk with him, but you're not worried in the decision. So if you're longing for that, if you're seeking that freedom and peace in knowing that you're doing what God is asking you to do next, then, um, If you want to operate by keeping God at the center of your business, including business decisions, then I want to encourage you to book a one-on-one coaching session with me right now. I'm offering these for only $50 in the spring sale that's going on right now. And this price is good through April 16th to celebrate going into a new season. So just to get that, go to mamawithacalling.com slash shop and use the code SPRING with all caps at checkout. I'll also put a link in the description And you can, I just want to say, you can also buy now to get this price and then just use it within 30 days. So you can go ahead and grab it while it's that this price and then just use it whenever you need or have time. All right. I just wanted to make sure you guys knew about that. And just, it was weighing on my heart. Um, and so I just wanted to, to share that with you in case, in case that's you. All right. So today's episode is a guest interview. Um, I'm talking with Katie Miller from Sight and Sound, which is a biblical theater production company, but also now a film company. This conversation is so good. It did not go where I thought it was going to go, but I love it. And I know that I was literally being encouraged. Like God was just speaking to me the whole time through the conversation. And I was just so encouraged by it. And I I hope that you will be as well. Um, There's lots of conversation about 
um, balancing everything as a mom, but not balance in the way, not real balance, you know, but just how it's, it's actually really awesome the way she talks about that and how to juggle, you know, all of the things and just a lot of mindset shifts and how to step outside of what your family expectations may have been, what you thought your life was going to be and how to do something completely different and have the confidence to do that. So really great episode. I hope you enjoy this interview with Katie Miller. All right, welcome back to the Mom with a Calling podcast. Today, I'm speaking with special guest Katie Miller. So a little bit about Katie. So Katie is a director of marketing and communications at Sight and Sound, which is best known for its spectacular biblically based stage shows seen by millions of people every year at their two locations in Branson, Missouri and Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They have recently delved into the world of inspirational film with their release of their smash hit film, I Heard the Bells, which looked really good on the preview (laughs) this past holiday season. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is, I think this is a really fun um, interview because like people might be interested in things like this. Like I think a lot of times when we think about God calling us to do something that maybe you know, there's things that we do that maybe we're not, I don't know, we think like, especially art, like the arts and music and theater, like that we're like, uh, can I really get paid for that? So I think this is really, really neat. Yeah. So to get started, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to be the director of marketing of Sight and Sound? Sure. Well, my um, story is a little bit interesting in that um, my grandparents actually founded Sight and Sound. So I have been a part of the ministry here since quite literally the day I was born. I think my mom um, (laughs) was here about a week after I was born. We had a nursery set up in the one dressing room and another nursery set up in the box office. And um, so I don't know a life outside of Sight and Sound. It's always been a family business. It's still a family business. We're into our fourth generation now being involved. Um, And so my journey, is unique in that I started as a child on stage and then um, eventually branched out into other areas of the organization. So everything from the box office to working backstage uh, to in our contact center and um, eventually human resources. I was in human resources for almost a decade uh, before I joined our brand development team in more of a marketing capacity. So it's been really fun to kind of have my own journey grow as the organization grows and as different opportunities for sight and sound come along, um, there's been different opportunities for me to kind of step into new things too, which has been a really wild ride. <laughs> that. Yeah. It's been fun. So, um, so it being a family business, was there ever a thought that like, maybe you didn't want to do it? Yeah. Was it always like, <laughs> I'm going to do this? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So, I mean, family businesses are unique in that, um, you know, lines between family and work get really blurry sometimes. And my grandparents um, grew up as farmers. We're in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, so steeped in farm country. And, um, you know, they grew up on farms where that was the family business. And so everybody just did everything together. So that was my, um, that was my growing up experience. And then in my, um, early thirties, I had two children that I was homeschooling. I had a toddler who, um, I call him my wild child. He has, I don't know what it is about those third borns and the last borns, but they give you a little bit of a run for your money. Um, so I was homeschooling. I had a very rambunctious toddler and I was working at sight and sound part-time. And I did kind of hit a wall of like, Lord, I don't think I can do both of these things super well anymore. Um, and I'm not sure what you're calling me towards, but Uh, here I am open-handed, like take me where you want to take me. And I 
for whatever reason, assumed that was going to mean me leaving Sight and Sound and becoming a homeschool, a full-time homeschool mom. And I was going to have like 10 more kids and <laughs> like chickens in the backyard. I don't know why. Like, that's just where I thought, I literally thought it was where I was headed. And so I was 31, I think at the time. And I said to my husband, I said, I think, I think I'm going to retire. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I think. And he, he kind of was like, okay, well, let's pray about it first. Like, I'm not sure. And so I was, um, I wasn't enjoying homeschooling. I was homeschooled. And so I kind of, again, like, I think sometimes, especially as women, I think we can, whatever we grew up in is what you just think is normal. And so, um, I had been homeschooling my two older kids and I wasn't enjoying it, but I thought I wasn't enjoying it because I was just kind of stressed out and there was too many things Mm -hmm. going on. Um, so long story short, one of my, uh, one of our leaders here at Sight and Sound came to me and said, Hey, I don't know if you're happy with what you're doing in HR, but we're creating this new entire department. And I'd like you to consider a position that's being created in it. And I literally said to her at the time, I said, uh, no, I'm retiring. <laughs> she started laughing. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I said, no, I think I am. I think the Lord is like calling me to this thing. So she ended up um, becoming this really cool mentor in my life. But the conversations that unfolded over the next month was her just sort of going like, have you, I know your family has taken this certain path of what life looks like and you homeschool. And she said, but do you think that's what you're called to do? Like, have you ever thought that maybe your calling looks different? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, it sounds silly, but I hadn't, like I, it had never occurred to me to work more than part-time and, and have kids and all those things. And so I said, okay, I'm like, I will, I told her, I was like, I'll pray about it, but I still think I know where this is going. So this is what I said to the Lord. I literally was like a Gideon's fleece, like no other. I said, I can't walk towards a different job and keep homeschooling and be the kind of mom and wife and just whole person that I want to be. So, um, something has to be really clear that I'm supposed to lay it down. And I thought I knew what it was and I was about to lay this down, but I trust you. So if you want me to lay something different down, help me lay something different down. No joke, literally the next day, like, and I don't think the Lord always works like this, but in this story, it did the very next day, I get a phone call from someone else in my family who I had not talked to. They didn't know I was having all of these thoughts. And she said, this is so strange and so random, but I really felt like the Lord told me to call you tomorrow this morning. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to an open house of this little private school that's opening or that's right down the road from our house that I never knew existed. Do you want to come with me? I feel like you're supposed to come with me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not a coincidence. And I went to this school. I fell in love with this school. I had like some amazing conversations with um, some of the leadership there about like what I wanted my kids life experience to be. And um, we literally like enrolled the kids for the following spring, like a week later. And I was like, I guess I'm not homeschooling. So I guess I'll keep working for now. And then it just sort of um, sent this me in an entirely truthfully, like entirely different trajectory in my life than what I was expecting to walk down, which is, you know, never say never, you know, it's just like what it is. And so I still, I stayed part-time while my toddler was young. Um, but then as soon as he started school full-time, I, uh, came into the building. I was working from home some days to be home with him and, you know, I was doing that thing where you work at like 5.00 AM before they're up and nine o'clock after they're in bed. So that's when most of my work hours were happening. Um, but for the most part, I was able to juggle, um, and balance both. And it was an interesting ride at that time, but now my kids are all getting older. My youngest is 10 and my oldest is graduating this year. So it's a very different life season, but yeah, it's been quite a journey. I have so many thoughts because <laughs> what, I, what I love about that is that, well, because I homeschool and yeah. and I 
but I didn't come from a, it's kind of the opposite where I just, I was like, I'm going to homeschool. Like I wasn't homeschooled, yeah. you know? And so it's like the opposite, but I think that what is really powerful in that story, a, that you were willing to lay it down. I mean, like you thought you knew, but then like yeah. just being willing to, to take it to God and then let him tell you, and then be willing to say, okay, even yeah. if it's not what you wanted, but also that like that, the, that sometimes we do things that we think are the things we're supposed to do. So when like knowing that you were homeschooled, mm-hmm. how did you, and I say this because like there are people that are working their careers or or whatever, or they like a lot of times we ha- come home to work and we think that we need to have our children like with us yeah, because that's like what you're supposed to want to do is like yes. have your kids with you at all times and somehow work. And yeah. so I remember when I had the choice, when I realized that I couldn't do that, my son is, I have one, but he is like, all kinds of wild child all in one and he like we'll get our two together of, they'll rule the world yeah well like if, if it's like first like they talk about like you know the the I don't know like the middle and the like the youngest yeah. he's like both of those in one yeah and so anyway but I just remember literally crying because I was like am I supposed to put him in daycare like I felt like such a bad mom so can you yeah. talk about like I know that I mean yes God was telling you but did you wrestle with like the idea of I like being a bad mom by not homeschooling anymore. And like what you thought was the way you're supposed to be a mom. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, like we, even though it's a family business, most of the women in my life were all stay at home moms. They would have maybe worked a little bit when we were younger, but it was, you know, as the, as the business grew, it was different. It, It was not just like a mom and pop, you know, (laughs) experience anymore. And so it, it changed a little bit. And as it changed, like it was really hard um, to lay down mall, even honestly, like the decision, there was other factors that some health things and other things that played into it, but to not have more kids and not have a bigger family was a big one. Cause most, um, most people in my family have more kids than three. I stopped at three. And so it was just this whole season. The Lord brought several just really amazing women, um, as mentors into my life, um, throughout that whole season. Um, one, her name is Laurie. She's still, I talked to her last night and she's just awesome. And she, was just, she took me on this very interesting journey of just breaking down um, all of the expectations that I put on myself mm-hmm. that I then just automatically assumed were from God, which is not the case. Like I was like, I'm a firstborn. I have a really high capacity. I am an outgoing personality. And so it was one of those things where like, I just had all this whole list that I didn't even know I had, honestly, it was all, it all lived back in the back of my mind, but that I needed to have, you know, five kids that I had to homeschool that I had to. And she just was like, where are you getting all of this? That that's what God like best for you looks like, like, where is that coming from? Cause it's not scriptural. There's nothing that says homeschool your children. <laughs> like there is nothing that says have at least five. Like she said, why, where's this all coming from? And I was like, I, I don't know. I just, it's just always been there, you know, and we live our lives, I think. And those are like big tangible things, but it, it's, it's in how I think we expect sometimes womanhood to look a certain way, or even the types of jobs that we're in. It's everything. We put these expectations on ourselves that we just assume somehow are from the Lord. And so I'm so grateful for the people that God has brought into my life to help me kind of like redirect and um, you know, she said to me one time when I said to her, I was, I was really processing, like, do I want more kids or do I feel like, you know, my family is full with three. And she finally, I will always laugh at this. She leaned back and she goes, who do you think you are? And I was like, 
what do you mean? And she's like, you're not the giver of life. Like, why do you even think you get to make all of these? And I was like, right. Okay. I don't have control over all of this sometimes, you know, like it was such a season of surrender to the Lord of like, I am trusting you with what my family is supposed to look like. And I'm trusting you. And if, even if like God is so gracious, even if I'm going down a path, that's not the right one, Lord, not my will, but yours, like help me live this life of surrender and trust that you will redirect. If I'm walking down a path, that's not actually the right one. I think you're bigger than my potential mistakes, you know, like it's, yeah, it's not easy though. It's it's easy talking about it now. <laughs> it was ten years yeah, ago. You're in right. it. And, yeah. But I mean, that's and I love that you know too. I think a lot of I do, I do this all the time where it's like I am, you know, we think that there's a right path, a wrong path, and if I pick the yeah. wrong path, like all is lost, all is all done, all yeah. is doomed. And I have a sticky yeah. note that I have by my work, and I'm like. I cannot mess up God's plan. Like my mistake is like factored in, you know, right. or whatever. Right. And it's like, we're yeah. going to lean into him when we mess that up. But um, yeah, I just love that because like what you're saying, which is that we have to, and I think this is really important and we don't even realize it is that we have to ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? Yes. And is that what God has called us to do? Are we putting these either societal standards, family expectations, all these things right. on ourselves, or is God asking us to do something different? And that's huge for all of us, but for the women listening to this podcast, they for sure are struggling with that because it's unsettling to know you went all the way down one path. Like I got a PhD and then it was like, go home, like be home. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm like throwing away like the degree, you know, and it Mm -hmm. feels like you have to really be secure in that and know that God has called you to like, that's also important that you're not just making random decisions, but it's like, God is leading me to this. So can you talk about what so then when you decided to do that you put your kids in in private school mm-hmm. and then you stepped into this role what do you do why do you um like looking back i guess you can see like why was god calling you to actually do that option and not homeschool your kids yeah oh that's a good question i mean i think i'll say this the my favorite thing about what i get to do now is um, things like I'm doing right now, which is connecting the heartbeat of who we are here at Sight and Sound, why we do what we do um, to our guests, to those outside that are, um, you know, walking a, a similar journey to what we are. Like, that's what we get to do. And so we are incredibly passionate about what we do here and um, being able to help connect audiences to the heartbeat of what we do is the thing that I feel um, just incredibly passionate about and honored to be able to do. And it's funny, people who like know me now who wouldn't have known me 10 years ago. They're like, you wanted to be like a homeschool mom of 10 kids with chickens in your backyard. Like, do you even know yourself? I'm like, well, I do now, but I then like, they're just, you know, it's just life is such a journey. And so, um, you know, it's been interesting to sight and sound has exploded in growth in the last couple of years. And it has been, um, my absolute privilege to walk alongside some of the pioneers of where God is taking us and be able to, at times be a support to them at times, um, lead right alongside them. But no matter what, like be, um, one of the voices that helps to articulate who we are and, um, connect people to the ministry that, that God has called us to. And so that's what I feel like the call on my life is now, um, at least for this season, you know, and I do always like hold it very open-handedly it's, um, you know, life is a series of seasons. And I think when you realize that, um, you know, someone once said to me too, like life is all of life is seasons and that could be either good or not good, depending on how you look at it. But you always know, no matter what season you're in, it's not forever and ever and ever. And so being able to find even be grounded in gratitude for where you're at and whatever 
um, moment the Lord has you in. Um, again, a lot easier said than done. Um, but there's definitely seasons of my life. I look back on, I was like, I was not as grateful for that one, but whatever, we'll just put that one to the side. Um, but like there is, yeah, there's something to be said for being able to acknowledge that. So, yeah. I love the, um, saying like you hold it open-handed and knowing we talk about seasons a lot and we kind of throw it around, you know, it's a season for a season, but seasons can be long seasons yeah. can like be short, you know, and also like you're saying, some seasons are not great, mm-hmm. but I think it's also really important. And this is kind of hard when you're doing something that you feel called to do now, but being willing to say, but God, if you call me to something else, it's like, we're not yeah. holding on to the thing we've been called to do more than what, you know, being willing to go a different direction. And I know that um, one time I was listening to like a sermon and he was saying like, if you knew that you would never see the like fruit of what you're doing, but it's what God called you to do anyway, like, would you do it? Or if God like genuinely said, lay it down and it it helps you assess, like, do I love the idea of this more than I love being obedient and doing what God's called me to do? And those are really strong questions because at the time I was like, no, I want to do what I want to do and I want to see the fruit come of it. And I had to really get myself in a different place, um, which was just really powerful. So what comes to mind is, you know, you're talking about the heartbeat of what you guys are doing and like the mission behind it. And something that I am really fascinated with and just holding on to myself is seeing in the Bible in particular, like Jesus, of course, but also Paul, how it seems like they're mission minded. They're driven by this divine mission that they're given and they just take it so seriously. So can you talk about, um, about how that drives you to keep doing what you're doing? Is that, is that part of why you're doing what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, it, it absolutely is. So our mission statement here at Sight and Sound is to tell his story through who we are and what we do. And so um, the obvious practical side of that is that we are telling Bible stories live on stage. Um, We are producing films. We have our streaming platform. We have a performing arts school. We have like all of these ways that we tell his story on a regular basis. But the part that gets me the most energized is the not just through what we do, but through who we are. And so, um, you know, we, the hope that our ministry, the hope is that our ministry, no matter what encounter someone has, is that they are one step closer to living in the fullness of their identity in Christ. And so whether they are seeing their own life reflected in aspects of the life of Moses or David or Queen Esther or any of these biblical characters that we portray or Henry Wadsworth Longfellow or anyone else in that film, um, I Heard the Bells, that they're you know, there's someone there that they can identify with, that there's somewhere or a part of that story that's taking them one step closer to knowing who they are in Christ. And so for me, whether it's the teams that I'm leading on a regular basis, whether it is um, the people I'm rubbing shoulders with, whether it's our guests that are coming through our doors or having an online experience, um, the hope is that every step of that experience is taking them one step closer to being who they are in Jesus. And, you know, the desire of that being um, wanting to take that home to my kids, you know, like just uh, going back to kind of what you said just a minute ago, I was talking to my son, he's graduating high school this year and not sure what he wants to do. And, you know, he said, mom, can I say something really honest? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I'm kind of afraid. It was like really endearing. So I was like, oh, buddy, I know exactly what that feels like. He goes, I'm kind of afraid to tell God that I will do anything he says. Cause what if he tells me to do something I really don't want to do? And it was like, but I appreciated his, like, this is like, it was like a really big wrestle. It is a big wrestle for him. And I said, oh man, I'm like, we're all there all the time. 
I said, but this is the thing, like I said, more so I hope in the season of your life, more so than focusing on what if God takes me to a hard place? I said, I want you to be able to be lit up and familiar and trust in the goodness of God, even in the hard places. Cause I think sometimes we do that. Like I never, if somebody would have told me a decade ago that I would be fulfilled doing what I'm doing now, I would have laughed at them and said, absolutely not. And now I can't imagine doing anything else like the life experiences and the people I've met and the conversations I've had, and even the personal growth of what God has done in my own life. Um, it's been such a journey and one that I would not trade for anything, even though it's had really hard times. And even though balancing, you know, mom life and work life and all the different things is a lot of effort. Um, God is so good in the middle of it. And so that's what I was trying to encourage him. I said, no matter where he takes you, you have to trust that he designed you for a purpose and there's nothing else you can do to be fulfilled. The only place you'll be fulfilled is in the center of his will. So even if it doesn't look like something you think you're going to want to do, you won't know till you get there. But once you get there, man, like it's, it's a ride like none other, you know, so that's what I was sharing with him. Like, it's just so many times. I think we look out at what we think the Lord is calling us to. And we're like, ah, we don't want that. Um, and then you get there and you're just so grateful to be there. Cause you had no idea. You didn't know what you didn't know. You know, he's, he's our creator. He's the designer. He designed us for a purpose and, um, discovering that purpose might feel challenging at times, but there's nothing quite like it. And when you do, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, because it, it came to mind as you were saying that, that it is, you know, we focus on the, what if it's something hard, that's just our natural, but I think it's yeah. also like a spiritual attack in a way that it's like to forget the part where what if God calls you to something awesome that you yeah. do love, right. that <laughs> it's going to be like, he's put something in you that you're not going to, it's not going to be drudgery. Like, and we, we right. are afraid of that at times. And it's like, if we, if we, if we believe that he is good and that he's our father, you know, all of, that he's going to lead us to somewhere that it might be hard, mm-hmm. but we're going, like you said, like you're saying, we're going to thrive in that place. We're going to just know it's where we need to be. I mean, Paul was constantly getting beaten and all sorts of things, but he was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like there's a part at the end of, I looked it up the other day because I keep saying some verse, but I think it's at the end of first or second Corinthians where he says like, he's, and I just, it just catches my eye every time because I want to remember this. It says like, I want to come to you, but there's, God's opened a door here at Ephesus and there's a lot of opposition. And I'm like, I would not think an open door from God would have a lot of opposition. And so that's why it stood out to me because to him, that's not what that means. It doesn't mean the easy path. We say that a lot. Like if God opens the door, just walk right through it and it's going to be, you know, rainbows and flowers. And, and it, 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 like God will sustain you through it. And he, and it may be easy in a lot of ways, like he is there, but it does not mean that it's just, I don't know, you can be called to do something really hard and each of us are called to different things. And so I just think that that's really powerful that you said that. Um, and encouraging your son. And I think of this thing, like, even though, you know, he's going into college or that, that time of deciding where he wants to go. I think that's how it feels when we're in a career and we feel like we're called to pivot. It's like, we're back at 18 going, what am I doing with my life? And like, where do you want me to go? And, but it's unsettling when you're in your thirties and suddenly God's like, you're doing something different. It's like, "Ah!" but I have like kids and I've got like all these things. Like we, we feel like, we feel like we've been there, done that. And really, I think it's like you're saying a minute ago about being willing to change in different seasons. We go into the into college and into the career world with the belief that we're going to be like 
solid on that path forever. (laughs) And like, it's never going to change. And it's being willing to do something different. And you're talking about too, the, like your productions and helping people like speak to them. Um, And I mean, you guys, you know, can't control that. Right. But I think it's like knowing that there's power in what you're doing and even just watching the little trailer for the trailer for the movie, I heard the bells. Like when I watch movies like that, I get so, I personally get so inspired. Like I'm like, Oh God's going to call me to do something amazing. And it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's going to reach people. And like, but other people might watch it and they have a totally different, you know, experience. And so I just, I love stuff like that. And homeschooling, one of the things that's, I did not, I had no awareness of this. Like I didn't have a Christian upbringing or like teaching, Mm -hmm. but learning about history through like a Christian viewpoint to see the things that people did out of like this courage and just to see how God moved. It is so inspiring to read like their bio, like the biographies of these people and things. And like, that's a, that's an amazing part of homeschooling or just educating your kids in general, just to share with them these amazing stories um, so that they're inspired to do something and know that God might ask you to do something big. And you guys need to bring that stuff to stage or to the big screen. Right. And that's like reaching that generation in a different way. They might not want to read a book, but they right. might be willing to watch, you know, these shows. So I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And I do think that we can underestimate the amount of joy that you said, Paul, you literally like took the thought out of my mind as you were, you said it. And I was like, she's reading my mind. But um, I actually said that to my son the other night. I'm like, you know, I've been reading like Paul and Silas's story. Um, about them singing in the prison very differently recently. Like, I, and I don't know if it is my Christian background and like my like Uber, uh, like Mennonite roots here in Lancaster County, but like there was always such an, a mindset that if I was serving God, there was some level of misery that needed to be attached to it, or I wasn't actually serving God. Yes. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, I wonder I genuinely, now I know like, listen, Paul and Silas, they were beaten. They were in pain. I'm not diminishing that. Those are all real things. But I I actually believe they absolutely loved and were fulfilled by the call of God on their lives. And when they were singing in that prison, it wasn't from a space of sacrificial praise. It was from a place of full-hearted gratitude that the Lord had spared their lives and that He's they just knew that he still had a purpose yet to fulfill in them. Like, I think it was out of like, honestly, joy and gratitude. And when you start to read Paul's letters with that mindset of Paul loved what he was doing, he was wildly fulfilled and there was nowhere else in the world he wanted to be than wherever God had him. His letters and all the times he says, I count it all joy or count it all joy or enjoy. He says that word so many times. And I've always thought of it as more of like a forced joy. And I'm like, I don't know that I buy that. I bet you anything. Paul was like a really joyful, fulfilled person. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I've always read it through this lens of he probably was sort of miserable. Like, honestly, that's kind of how I always, I don't think I even realized that's what I was thinking about it, but I think I was. And so this whole idea that we are going to be fulfilled and joyful, um, that God wants to take us to that place, that living in the center of his will. That does not mean we don't have hard times and wilderness seasons and challenges and all of those things. We a hundred percent do. Life is hard. I'll be the first one to say it. Um, and when you know that you're where you're supposed to be, there is a different level of like fullness of joy that really is present. Um, again, not to mean we don't have bad days and hard seasons, but there is, I don't know, God wants us. That's what he's walking us towards, right? Like the fullness of joy in mm-hmm. him is where he's walking us towards. And so the journey of getting there is not always easy. And 
not always constant either, but it, it is attainable, I think. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, another thing, and I think that harder is holier thing. Like I have this belief because I grew up in East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia. And I just think that there is, and I think it's because of like the Puritans, the men and like all of that right, kind of all belief of it, yeah. that there's like this, you need to like seek out misery. And it's yes. looking at what Paul, Paul's stuff where it's like, you need to suffer like harder is holier. Suffering is righteous. Like that somehow you're doing God's work if everything is miserable. And I feel like a lot of like, for me, I've had to undo a lot of that. Cause when I'm reading scripture, if you don't just isolate the new Testament and you look at the whole thing, you see that God really does want us to thrive and to have good. And right. it's not his, his like desire isn't for it to be hard. Right. Um, but I think that what we have to realize is that there are people that were chosen, first of all, in the new church, like the early church, they were, they were going through a lot of, you know, oppression, um, persecution, that's word, persecution. And just because they're like o- overturning everything, mm-hmm. but just because we're not facing that today, though, in our world that it can be now be a thing, but stronger, I feel like than before. Um, but if, if you say what you believe and do the things that God's calling you, you may face that, but you may not, because I think throughout scripture, we look at these big characters and we say, um, these big people and say like, wow, I need to be like them. But Actually, God calls forth those people so that the rest of the people aren't doing crazy stuff like that. Like right. they're just living their life, having house church. And I'm not saying they're not doing anything important, but like they're called to something else. We're not all called to go through the suffering like that. And right. there are some that are, but it doesn't mean that it's all of us or that we need to be questioning what we're doing if we're not experiencing that. Right. I just thought that was a really neat insight mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will say, I say this all the time. Like the last decade of my life has been um, absolutely barn on the like hardest decade of my life, but it's also been the most full and full of joy, I think of my whole life too. And so they do often go hand in hand. Um, joy and being full and filled up and purposeful doesn't always mean easy. It usually doesn't actually mean easy, yeah. um, but it's it's worth it though. You know, it's worth it. Yeah. So talking about a little bit more, I wanted to touch base really quick on just like how, you know, you have these two theaters, you're doing all this stuff, you have a full-time job, you've got kids. How do you manage all of that and not get overwhelmed, stressed, <laughs> juggling? I mean, maybe you do get overwhelmed, but like, you know, how say, do you- I do. Can <laughs> <laughs> you just speak to that a little bit? Yeah. No. Um, one of the things that, um, the the mentor I had mentioned earlier, her name's Larie. She's amazing, but she kind of took me um, on a little bit of a journey several years ago uh, in that same season, actually, of discovering some value words. And this is like such a practical thing that I encourage every um, woman I know to, to discover for themselves. And there's lots of there's online tools you can look things up. I mean, there's probably books out there, but. Um, you know, she prayerfully kind of helped me walk through this journey of discovering what three value words are for my life um, that make up, you know, part of who I am, Katie Miller, not necessarily a side, you know, they're not meant to be spiritual guides or any of those types of things, but just words of like, I know that I'm at my best when I have these three things. And so um, the three words that were my three words, they're not, there's nothing magical about these three, but for my personality um, were connection, effectiveness and gratitude. And so um, really simply, I'll break them down really quickly. Connection for me is really big. I am a deeply relational person, um, but I am not a like social butterfly necessarily. I love to have one-on-one conversations where we can like go deep real quick. 
Um, and so I was in a season where I was recognizing that, you know, between kids, uh, sports things and um, birthday parties and, and just everything that was happening in our family life, I'd come to the end of a weekend and be like drained and tired and exhausted. And some of it was not, I was like, it's not that I'm not getting downtime, but I'm actually not getting filled up right now. And so how do I walk through life in a way that I'm providing space to be filled up. And so one of the things that I was recognizing was that in a season of with young kids and activities and work and just everything, that there was not actually a lot of space in my life for true connection, which is what I think the Lord calls us towards so many times. And so now that becomes a word that helps me make um, decisions all the time. So if I'm given the choice between, um, hey, I've been promising one of my kids that we're gonna have you know, a one-on-one date this weekend, but we get invited to this really cool function over here, I'm gonna choose the one that um, provides space for a deep connection, a deepening of relationship. And um, a lot of times that might be surprising. Like there are times where it's like, hey, we're just going to be home for the day. I haven't been home for a while, but this friend is in town that I haven't been able to connect with in a while. And that feels like a priority in this moment. And so it just, it helps me prioritize and just say like, I need to make sure that I'm providing space for connection in my life and use that as a guide. Um, the other one is effective, um, partially because I am a high productivity person. So like high energy, get stuff done. And for a while I wanted the, I wanted the word to be productivity. And she kept pushing back. She's like, I think there's a better word. I think there's a better word. And I realized that for me, I'm never going to have trouble being productive. If anything, sometimes I'm over committing, I'm, I'm taking on far too much. And so for me, I use the word effective as a guide, especially when I'm looking at my free space or looking at my calendar ahead for the week. And I can say, okay, Lord, like, what do I need to do to be effective this week? And sometimes what I need is to take a nap. (laughs) And sometimes what I need to do is be able to like sit down and have a, you know, a look ahead conversation with my spouse. Or sometimes what I need to do is actually to be effective this week. I have to work Tuesday evening. I try not to work evenings, but to be effective in what this week holds, I need to work a little bit extra this week. And so sometimes it's just saying, Lord, what, what do you have for this week? And then how am I effective in that? And it can mean working more, or it can mean I need to take a nap because I'm really tired and I haven't had space to do that. And so that's a word that's guided me. And then my last word for me is just gratitude, like always, always, always coming back to being grounded in gratitude for what is. Um, We can always look ahead and and look to the next, especially I have a tendency to do this. The next thing will next week is when this will all be better. Next week, I'll have time for this next week. I'll, you know, won't be grumpy with my kids (laughs) and uh, just trying to end every day or start every day with a moment of just gratitude for the Lord, for what he has brought into my life and who he has brought into my life. And so they've, those three words, when I'm feeling, um, overwhelmed and stressed, it's usually because I haven't paid attention to one of those words. I'm either living in a space where I'm not grateful. I'm living in a space where I haven't done what I know I need to do to be healthy spirit, soul, and body. Um, to be effective, or I am not in a space where I am um, cultivating deep connection points in my life to the people, the community that I know God wants to have around my life. So usually the symptoms of feeling overwhelmed and stressed are when I've let one of those three things not be a, a present mindful, like guide, guidepost. I, I would say they're guideposts. So I super encourage the the practice for some, you know, discover what words mean something to you. I know I have a friend who, um, one of her words is rest because she is not actually very naturally a restful person. And so she has to be super intentional to put rest in her life, in her relationships and things like that. So we're all wired so differently, but find what things, you know, 
um, are core parts of who God has called you to be. So, you know, when you're not walking in those things, but it's been helpful. I don't do it perfectly. We have frozen pizza a lot. (laughs) You know, I I don't do it all perfectly, but yeah. Well, and I mean, that's, that's like, you're like, you're okay with that. Who cares? We have like, we, you know, like nobody else needs to, it doesn't matter to anybody else what, right. what you guys eat. Um, but I love that. It's, it really excites my brain because I coach, like I coach women to help, to help them. And I feel like that's an amazing coaching tool is to figure out those three words and then to like, hold on to those. Cause we talk about it in terms of like your calling and figuring out like how to step into that, but just having these sort of grounding, centering words that are looking at who God's called you to. That's amazing. I love that. I'm going to take that and like build that out because I think that's really cool. I'm look look at resources for that. But the other thing you talked about, well, okay. So it's talking about those three words. What I love about that too, is that it's not about your circumstances. Like you still have to work. You still have yep. kids. You still got stuff, but it's yep. like plugging these things in around your schedule. And maybe like you said, it's like saying no to something or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's, um, yeah, it's about controlling what you can mm-hmm. and and just like working in there to kind of keep you fulfilled and like your yeah. cup filled so yeah. that you're good. And as women, like, I think we just all need to find the freedom to be like, I can't do it all. Like there's going to be some weeks where I am incredibly present at home and I'm having deep and long conversations with my kids and we're taking family walks after dinner. And then there are weeks where it's like high fives as we all walk out the door to our different functions. And there are weeks where I am, you know, here at work extra and long. And then there are weeks where I'm like, hey, guys, like it's been a crazy season. I'm going to take a long weekend this weekend to be with my kids. And there's weeks that I cook uh, every single night. And there's weeks that we have chicken nuggets three nights in a row because, you know, as we call it, Chick-fil-A is down the road and God bless the Christian chicken. Like (laughs) it's like how we eat sometimes. It's just what happens during certain weeks. And so. It's, you know, if we're always living in one space or the other is I think when we start to get out of alignment, but when we can be okay, that this week is going to be a focused family week, or this day is going to be that, or, Hey, we're in the last sprint guys, we're opening shows. I know this week is going to be crazy with work, but next weekend we are doing a, you know, unplugged true Sabbath weekend. And we're going to take the weekend to be together as a family. Like that's okay too. And everyone has to find their rhythm. Um, but it's, it's okay to acknowledge that we can't do it all. You know, we, we can't. <laughs> yeah. And, and what I'm hearing from that is like, man, I love that. This is just so good because I think like the now, as you're talking, I'm thinking I have a tendency, I, I'm really bad about this thinking that if my every day is not like picturesque, yeah, then like my son's life is ruined. He's never going to, you know, he's going to think his mom was never there or whatever. Like I keep, you know, we tend to take things like if this week, feels chaotic then it's like everything's gone to crap you know but it's like if we look at each week and sort of like a container versus the big picture so it's like if this week is hard and like I have to work a lot like you're saying but then knowing that I'm gonna like because of this it's okay it's not the end of the world my kids are not going to be traumatized because I worked late or didn't see them a lot this week Next week, I'm going to pour into them because overall, they're not going to even remember the negative anyway. They're going to remember, you know, hopefully if it's not true, God, please. But but like, you know, but like those, we have to balance it all out. We can't be perfect anyway, uh, even if we did. And so um, I just, that was really encouraging, I think, to think of it that way and really important to look at it as this sort of knowing like you said, your three words, but also your big values, right? Like your big, like my family matters, connection, my family matters of, you know, 
taking a Sabbath matters, like going to church, all of these things and figuring out overall how to fit them all in. Because what happens for a lot of us who are at home is that we who are working from home is that we will either lean heavy into our home and then feel like sad. Like I wanted to work on my business, but we're not, we're thinking that we're not supposed to, or the other way we're working so much trying to like get so far and we're not even spending time with our family and just being okay with the ebb and flow of that, that it may Mm -hmm. not be this consistent, perfect balanced routine all the time. Um, and then it's sort of like overall just having them all kind of touched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll jump in and say, I don't think we can have it perfectly balanced all the time. Even if, you know, even in my seasons of being a full-time stay-at-home mom, to your point, I um, I don't actually look back at those seasons and see myself thriving. Like, I was very lonely in those seasons. I I don't actually feel like I was necessarily my best self with my kids because I was, I was trying to do it all perfectly all the time and have these perfect family experiences all the time. And I actually feel like I, in some ways, am thriving as a mom more so now than I was in that season. And that's not neither here nor there. It's just, we're all different and our journeys are going to take us down different paths. And so no matter if you are, you know, working in a high powered environment or you are home all the time, or you're somewhere in between, or you're starting your own business and you're, you know, working at 10 o'clock at night after the kids are in bed, it, there is never going to be, I think this like perfect all the time experience. Like we all want it to be, we have all of these like visions, but it, it just doesn't work out that way. And giving yourself grace for it, um, actually often opens the door to just being like, all right, kids, we're all going to pitch in this week or, Hey, I know this week is going to feel this way, but this is then where we're going to walk towards the next weekend so that we can have some time together or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's an interesting journey. Well, it really goes back to that confidence to sort of confidence in where God's calling you and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. And you talked about having, like you mentioned her a couple of times, like having a mentor. And I think that that sounds like it was really influential in your life, but just having a mentor during your seasons that can speak life into that and kind of call you out, or it could be a coach. It could be whatever, but having a friend maybe, but it's just like having somebody to say, like, you don't seem like you're doing so great. Like, do you really love what you're doing and challenging why we're doing what we're doing? Cause sometimes we do it because it feels like expectations from people around us or social standards or whatever, but we're not really leaning in. And I love that you said that, like in a lot of ways, when you really allowed yourself to fully experience what God was calling you to, to, you know, all those changes that you actually, you're going to thrive more because you're now in your sweet spot. Like you're telling your son that when you get there, um, you're going to actually do better because it's just, it's what you're meant to do. Right. Um, right. So where can people learn more about Sight and Sound? Where can they connect with you, learn more about what you guys are up to? Yeah, the easiest way to find us is just to go to our website, which is sight-sound.com. It is everything on there from how to visit us in person to how to stream our shows or films online. Um, And the way you can sign up for the mailing list or follow us on all the different social platforms to see what's coming down the pike. But um, yeah, we're so grateful for the ministry that the Lord has called us to and the way that we, and more than anything, get to connect with people um, along the journey. So thank you so much for having me a part of, of your journey too. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. This was a great conversation. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, 
Are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.